welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. This is Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. Glad to have you with us today as we read from Genesis chapter 25. We're going to read all 34 verses today. In this chapter, we go quickly from the death of Abraham. We see a little bit about Ishmael's sons. And then moving quickly from the story of Isaac and Rebekah to Jacob and Esau. In this chapter, they are born, and we see the drama that begins to ensue with their relationship. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and begin reading from Genesis chapter 25, beginning in verse 1. Abraham had taken another wife whose name was Keturah, she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. The descendants of Dedan were the Asherites, the Letishites, and the Lumites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Eldaah. All these were descendants of Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac. But while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines, and he sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Abraham lived a hundred and seventy-five years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite, field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who then lived near Beer Lahai Roy. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Ishmael, who Sarah's slave Hagar the Egyptian bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael listed in the order of their birth. Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kedar, Adbil, Mibsham, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jatur, Naphish, and Kadama. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the twelve tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. Ishmael lived a hundred and thirty-seven years. He breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt, as you go toward Asher. And they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to them. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, And Isaac was forty years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Paddan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. 
The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. So we see several things happening in this chapter. First is the death of Abraham. But his story is not yet complete. Sarah had died, and so he had taken another wife, whose name was Keturah. For 37 years, during that time after Sarah's death, this next wife bore Abraham these sons who are listed here in verse 2. These are sons that, as Abraham dismissed them, became Arabian tribes, the Midian tribe, the tribe of Sheba, the tribe of Dedan. These were part of Abraham's legacy. But Abraham was to leave everything that he owned to Isaac. Isaac was the fulfillment of God's promise, of God's covenant. And so while he was still living, he gave gifts to his sons of his concubine and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east because Isaac was to be the son of fulfillment, the son of promise. So to protect that legacy, he sent his other sons away He loved them, yes, and he gave them gifts, and I'm sure that that was substantial. But the son of promise, Isaac, was to receive the lion's share of Abraham's inheritance. So Abraham lived 175 years, and he died, and he was buried in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre. That was where Sarah, his wife, had been buried after the bargaining for purchase of that land from the Hittites, and his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him there. So his relationship with Ishmael must have been somewhat repaired, but Isaac was still the one who was to receive the promise, the fulfillment of God's promise. Isaac, who lived near Birlahai Roy, remember that's where he was when Rebekah was brought back by Abraham's servant, He lived there, and it's in the south, and it's not too far from the Arab region as well, where Ishmael would have been from. This account now of Ishmael's sons is given here because, again, he is part of Abraham's descendants, and even though they are not sons of promise, only Isaac would fulfill that role. These sons were a part of Abraham's legacy as well. So we have a list of Ishmael's sons, and at the end of that list, 
they lived in hostility toward all the tribes related to them. That was a fulfillment that God had made mention to Hagar, who was the mother of Ishmael. That kind of hostility just followed that family line down through the ages. And then we have the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. We're moving pretty quickly through this, where Abraham has just died. Isaac has just married Rebekah. Now they're getting ready to have children. The narrative moves pretty quickly, even though there's a pretty good passage of years here. Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah. She could not have children. That's a reminder of Abraham and Sarah. And of course, they prayed and Rebecca became pregnant. The baby's jostling within her, and she asks of the Lord, why is this happening? And this statement that the Lord gives her in verse 23, two nations are in your womb. That would be the nations of Israel and the nation of Edom. Edom is another name for Esau. We see that later on in the text, Edom meaning red. He was born red, and he craved the red stew. And then Esau, his name, means hairy. (laughs) And that was fitting considering his birth, but I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. That's actually Jacob's family. And the older Esau will serve the younger, which is out of normal order. It was normally the older of the sons who would be the one to receive the lion's share of the inheritance. But this is reversed now. So when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first one to come out was Red, and he was Harry, and his name was Harry, Esau. After this, his brother came out, and his hand is grasping Esau's heel, So the name Jacob literally means grabber. He was grabbing the heel of his older brother Esau. And then that word for grabber became an idiom in the Hebrew language. It was an idiom for deceiver because Jacob was a deceiver. Although what we're going to see here in just a moment wasn't deception. It was a straight up offer. But Jacob later on was known as a deceiver, but again, I'm jumping ahead. So Esau, a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, Jacob, a stay-at-home kind of a guy, and Isaac, who loved wild game, that meant that he loved Esau because of what he would bring home for the family for dinner, and Rebekah loved Jacob. They each played their favorites. Rebekah, perhaps because of the words that were spoken by the Lord to her about these two sons, that the older would serve the younger. And so she remembered, and because of that favored Jacob. And then, of course, the story in verse 29, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, and he's famished because he hasn't been able to catch anything. So here's this great, skillful hunter who doesn't have anything. And because of that, He's famished, and he's going to let his hunger, his appetite for physical things, overrule his, he didn't think, important spiritual inheritance from his parents. So he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. 
the reminder. That's why he's also called Edom or Red. Jacob replies, first sell me your birthright. So you have one son who disregards this birthright, who disregards this spiritual, the importance of this inheritance from his father, from his grandfather. This was the fulfillment of the promise of the covenant that the Lord had made with Abraham. First sell me your birthright. So Esau disregards it, and Jacob thinks that he can gain spiritual things through some sort of bargaining. And so both of them are off. Both of them misunderstand how spiritual things work. One doesn't value it at all. The other one says, I value it, but I also think I can get it through crafty means. And both of them were wrong. Jacob would later learn and understand this. So Jacob says, swear to me first. And he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And Esau ate and drank, gobbled it up, is the the idea there, got up and left and despised his birthright. This is a warning for Israel. It's also a warning for us that we see later on in Hebrews chapter 12 about despising a birthright, despising what is from God. They describe him in Hebrews as godless. And so we would be wise to learn this lesson from Jacob and Esau, that yes, we need to value spiritual things, but not in the sense that Jacob valued them here, thinking that he could attain them through some sort of crafty means, but instead that we would pursue the Lord, pursue a relationship with the Lord. That's what matters. Lord, we thank you so much again for your word and for how your word teaches us. We thank you for the life of Abraham, for what he represents to us in our family line, and that we as New Testament believers belong to our father Abraham. We are thankful for the covenant that you gave, the promise, and we are beneficiaries of that promise today. We thank you for Isaac and Rebekah and their brief story the faithfulness that was on display in the coming together of these two. And now with the birth of Esau and then of Jacob and their story, may we learn the lesson of what it means to value spiritual things, what it means to value a relationship with you, to not set it aside, to not think it's unimportant, to not pursue you, but also not to try to devise spiritual things through craftiness or even through religion. But Lord, our relationship is provided through your son, Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice on the cross, the shedding of his blood, his rising again from the dead, so that we can be brought into a right relationship with you and that we can have you as our father. Lord, there is nothing more valuable than that. That we can approach and fellowship with the God of the universe. (laughs) How could we ever take that for granted or take it lightly? Treat it like something to be traded like Jacob and Esau. Lord, may it never be true of us. May we love you, and may we give you thanks and praise through all 
of life's ups and downs. For, Lord, we do love you, we do praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, once again, we thank you for listening today here on Daily in the Word, and we ask that you share the podcast with friends and family. Help them to see the benefit of daily getting into the Word of God. And I do pray that you are enjoying it. And I look forward to seeing you again next time as we read from and try to understand and apply Genesis chapter 26. That's next time. Until then, have a great day. Bye-bye.